Welcome in, Iowa Hawkeye fans, to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. I am Luke Myers. We have Joey and Stin here, and the impossible has happened. The Iowa Hawkeyes are Big Ten West champions. Fellas, how are we doing? Let me start this one by saying, and fuck Nebraska. <laughs> fuck Nebraska. We have a lot to uh, we have a lot to undo here. There has been it's been two weeks since we rec- we recorded. And it's it's it, there's just a lot, so I guess we'll just jump right into the Nebraska game and start there. For about three quarters of play, it was the same garbage that we had been accustomed to watching this year, the second half of this year. Uh, Iowa was down 21 to six, nearing the end of the third quarter. Shudak put home a field goal to make it 21 to nine, which seemed like a questionable decision at the time to not go for it um and then the fourth quarter was just all hell breaking loose i will put up 19 points in the fourth quarter on one offensive touchdown and the hawkeyes stunned nebraska what do we think about this game the Uh, fact that we have to say the hawkeyes stunned nebraska says a lot about the first three quarters of that game yeah it does but also that was just Iowa being Iowa and Nebraska being Nebraska. Like, we didn't have a lot of inspirate, you know, like inspiring moments for you know the first three quarters of that game. But I think everybody kind of had in the back of their mind, Nebraska will find a way to lose this game, and they did. Because under Scott Frost, they can't stop stepping on their own dicks, and Iowa finds a way to overcome them every year. See, I thought though. For a while, you think Nebraska is going to find a way to lose this game, but it was getting late. It was getting late early, and if it didn't happen at that specific moment for the Hawks, they lose. If they if that punt gets off, Iowa loses. Yeah, probably, but it didn't because Nebraska is who they are. And if it, you know, it couldn't paint a picture of how like Nebraska's program is run anymore. Than what Scott Frost said in his postgame interview when he said that that was the game right there when they blocked that punt. Even after the blocked punt touchdown, we were down by what seven points, six points. Like Nebraska was still winning, and they are so beaten down as a program to this point that when one negative thing goes against them, albeit it was a kind of a big thing, but to still have the lead at home on Black Friday and be like, because we gave a blocked punt, the game was over. That tells you all you need to know about Nebraska's mentality as a program right now and just how much better Iowa is as a program than Nebraska is. Because Kirk Ferentz would never say some bullshit like that. It was. Kirk Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz did say something regrettable, though. Foreshadowing. We'll come back to that. Yeah. Um. We have a whole bunch of news to touch Wait. on with the football team. Actually- Actually, the, the biggest news of the week, I think we'd be remiss if we went any further without without making the announcement. We have um, Mr. Welcome to the World, Mr. Keaton Timothy Cowboy. Space Cowboy is now a father. Space Cadet, if you will. Space Cadet, um, born at 11.17 a.m. Uh, mother's doing well. Baby's doing well. Who knows about Cowboy? But He is a dad. So, that is I shocking. He's doing well. Our little boy is now a dad. Yep, they grow up so fast. I think um, that technically makes us all uncles now. So. Yeah, I know. That's big. That's very big. None of we're us like, are. We're what? like Neil Armstrong. Did he? Austin Stanley Ride. What? She didn't even go to space. What? Did she? Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of a different Stanley person. Stanley Ride was like the first woman astronaut, wasn't she? And could be. I don't know. <laughs> be uh, lying if, I knew, if, if you asked me to name any astronauts outside of like Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong, I couldn't really do it. Tom Should Hanks. We? Kevin Classic. Bacon. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think they count. I don't know. Um, but anyway, back to the game. Yeah, me and uh, Steve Winter, who we're going to Indianapolis with this weekend, should be an absolute riot. Uh, Correct. We were watching the game with each other, and we look at each other when Nebraska scored their last touchdown. We're like, well, this is certainly going to be it for the Hawks today. And Luke, take, take the mic away from your mouth a little bit. Oh, You're bad. speaking too into the mic. Sorry, I would also like to include that my computer took a crap, so I'm doing this on my girlfriend's computer this week. So it's a nice brag. <laughs> brag. But yeah, it, bear with us this week for the quality. Hopefully, we get my laptop back soon. But yeah, we thought the game was over. Um, 
Nobody could probably blame us the way we've watched the offense play this year, you know? So. Oh, and, man, it was – it was I, was I yelled at the TV more in the first two two and a half quarters of that game than I did almost any other game of the year, I think. And I've never seen a single play fluster the opposing team so much than the block punted. Like, Nebraska still very much had that game in hand. It's it's like the yeah. second that game that play happened, their literally. game plan went out the window. That's they did, literally they changed their offense. It, Scott Frost literally said after the game, that was the game. He said the game <laughs> was over in their eyes after that block punt, even though Nebraska was still winning. Like, they are such a feeble-minded football team that something can go against them like that while still be winning at home and just have the mindset that we're defeated already. You, I, I have no idea how he makes that statement after that game. It's mind-blowing to me that as the coaching staff, they were in the mindset that the game was over at that point in time, even though they were still winning. I can't believe that he's still the, co- the coach of that program. And it's because his buyout is too big. The, when you lose, they lost every game they lost was by less than 10 points this year. That's a coaching issue right there. The same thing's going on with the Vikings right now. Like they, all their losses are close losses. They're winning in those games. At some point, that has to come back to the coaching staff. I agree yeah. 100%. Uh, but I mean, Iowa has won a lot of games this year because of their special teams and defense. And granted, yeah, we... the the defense did not look very good for the first how many quarter? The first two quarters. Yeah, and credit to Phil Parker there, too. I know you think this is a downfall of his, and it sort of is. The fact that teams come out in the first half and just run all over us and do whatever they want. But he consistently makes adjustments at halftime that end up winning us games. And I don't know if that says something about his preparation pregame, if if his game plan from the start needs to be a little better. But the fact that he's able to adjust and get his guys to adjust at halftime to turn the games around is quite impressive. So Iowa... Four shoot-act field goals, one offensive touchdown on a QB sneak after Goody busted off a 50-yard run that gave us the lead, and then we had a safety as well, correct? I'm not missing anything. That's 28 yeah, points, right? Yeah, that safety was great. Oh, and the block punt, obviously. But <clears throat> looking back on hindsight after what happened on Saturday, that block punt is one of the biggest plays I can remember for Iowa. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe not because of the magnitude of the game wasn't that high, which I mean, it ended up being because Minnesota beat Wisconsin, obviously, but I don't know if it was, I don't know. It was definitely a big play. Yeah. We don't win that game without that play. Oh, absolutely not. Zero percent chance we win that game without that play. Cause like I have confidence in the defense being able to make stops back to back times, but thinking that the offense would had scored twice in one quarter, I just I'll not never wrap my head around that. No, not at all. Although I will say, as much as I've ragged on the offensive line this year, they've certainly matured in the run game. The pass game is still pass protection is still pretty bad, but the running game has gotten significantly better over the last four or five games. So that's at least a good sign and that's gonna be our only hope against Michigan, I have a feeling, in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, yeah, that's just, uh, let's just have fun, because we're there. And you know what? If we win, we win. But let's just enjoy it, because who fucking knows? Yeah. I honestly think that, like, as good as Michigan looked against Ohio State last weekend, I don't think they'll play that well against Iowa, because, like, Michigan was playing for so much more. I shouldn't say so much more. They're playing to be in the national, or, you know, the college football playoff. But, like... It was against Ohio State. It was at home. It was for the East like championship. They hadn't beat Ohio State, their biggest rival in seven years. You know, Harbaugh couldn't get over the hump. Like it was kind of. I feel like they had such an emotional high in that game that they are probably going to have some type of letdown from that going into the Big Ten championship because there were so many factors that go into the win that they had that like it's got to be sort of draining a little bit as a team. So, like, I'm not saying that Michigan's going to play bad because they're not and they're a good team, but I think that what we saw from them against Ohio State is, like, the absolute peak of what Michigan can be, and I don't think that they're going to, like, be able to replicate that again come Saturday. 
But also, I'm an idiot, and I'm probably wrong about everything that I just said. So, like I said, we're there. Let's just enjoy the ride and see what happens. Can confirm the idiot part. So now, looking at what happened on Saturday night when Minnesota did the unthinkable and actually <clears throat> took down Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, Iowa fans certainly hoped it would happen, but the fact that it actually happened and the pure elation that came from Iowa fans all over the place after that game, it was it was more shock, I would say, than anything, right? Uh, I'm more just excitement for me. Honestly, I wasn't that shocked that Minnesota beat Wisconsin just because Minnesota plays most everybody tough, and I don't think Wisconsin is actually that good. We looked like dog shit against Wisconsin. That's an understatement. That that was my one fill dig for the season was that game, but they, I, I it was a bad night to be a bushlight after that happened. Oh yeah. Let's be fair, that was going to be a horrible night to be a Bushlight regardless, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't get to see much of the Wisconsin-Minnesota game. We were at a wedding, and so, with extremely <clears throat> bad service in New Vienna. I'm not going to lie, I had full bars. I think that was a you problem, Luke. I had zero bars. Yeah, that's that's a Verizon problem. I had I all of my bars. Ten bars. But Iowa ended up <laughs> somehow, I mean... I. I one stat I saw in the early part of the Minnesota-Wisconsin game was that Minnesota's defense was, like, fourth best in the Big Ten. That that gave me a little hope. And we certainly know that we don't tr- – nobody trusts Wisconsin's quarterback play. If they're going to beat somebody, they're going to run for 200 yards on the ground, and that's just the way it is. But that wasn't the case. It was relatively close the entire game. Wisconsin got a pick six, and actually – they only had three offensive points in that game, I believe. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't watch. It was something like that. And it wasn't like, final score like twenty-three to ten or something like that. Yeah. So it was never really as close as it seemed. Shout out to Minnesota. I mean. I mean, Minnesota got a touchdown late with like six minutes left, so it was close until pretty much the end. Yeah, I know, but. Like I said, the only way Wisconsin's going to be people is by running the ball, and they couldn't do it. And mm. hell froze over, and Iowa somehow find found a way to get back into it, get back into Indy. Um, I think you're not giving Iowa as much credit as they deserve. Like, yes, they needed a win for Minnesota at the end of the season to get into the Big Ten Championship. They still won 10 games in oh, the regular no, no. season. I'll, I'll say this. We could have rolled over after we lost to Purdue and Wisconsin and just said, fuck this, it's it's Wisconsin's division again to lose. And uh, we didn't. We ended up winning, what, four in a row to end the year? And we did what we had to. Were the games pretty? Absolutely not. But we ended up winning those games. It still was Wisconsin's division to lose. And they, and <laughs> it, they did. it was. I mean, you Choker. know what's even crazier to think about? If we wouldn't have come back against Nebraska – Minnesota would have been in the Big Ten championship game. Well, yeah. Yeah. We we put the nail in the coffin of their season on Friday and then promptly turned around and said, all right, now please win for us. Big ups to Minnesota for still getting over that game. I mean, that's a huge rivalry for them. Yeah. It is also a great trophy, too. The Paul Bunyan's axe. I do appreciate that one. It's it's okay. I like it. And so uh, jump ahead to Indy now. Uh, well, I, I think there's other Iowa topics from just even from that game that we kind of missed, like the fact that we made a quarterback change at halftime. Oh, Didn't yeah. really talk about that. That's pretty significant. Yeah. Uh, so all last week, or there was a report late last week that the quarterbacks had been dealing with the flu, both Padilla and Petrus. And I'll I'll say it. I mean, I'm I'm openly like a huge Petrus supporter, and. Uh, Padilla does all the stuff wrong that Petrus does. He can just move out of the pocket a little. Like, he throws the ball a million miles an hour on short passes. He makes bad I would, throws. He like. I would I would agree. But it's, it's, let's be honest here. Neither, at least what we have seen to this point this year, and obviously Padilla's body of work is a lot smaller than Petrus's, neither of the quarterbacks that Iowa is currently employing as starters – has been very good. Like, just kind of point blank. Period. That's 
that's just what the situation is. And Iowa, kind of, football's recipe is kind of, we're going to ugly you to death anyway. Defense, special teams, run the ball. And the formula works for us. But, to, like, we shouldn't sit here and pretend that our quarterback play is really, like, ever good, just in general. I mean, and it sucks to say that, but for the most part, our quarterback play is, like, the worst part of our offense. I don't know. Maybe that's being very general. This year, especially, that's the case. No, like, you're right. I, I would make an argument that <clears throat> Tate, Ricky Stanzi, C.J. Beathard, and Nate Stanley certainly were way they better. Were good. They were good for Iowa. Like, In, oh, like, yeah. But if you put any of those guys on this year's team. Yeah, I'm not trying to get into a big debate about historical Iowa quarterback. Players. They would all get sacked like a motherfucker because the offensive line can't stop anybody. Yeah. The point that I was really more getting to is that I think that the quarterback play for Iowa means less to the success of this team than it does for literally any other team in the country. Like we survive on quarterbacks, like making bad throws and completing less than 50% of their passes and winning. So like, I don't know, it was probably right to make the change because Padilla didn't have it in the first half, but I don't know that Petrus is going to like, he's not going to be a revelation for us in the big 10 championship game moving forward. So at this point, our quarterback play just kind of is what it is. Neither guy is going to make much of his, uh, not going to make a significant difference, I don't think. So um, there's no sense in like getting all worked up about it. I guess I don't know. It's a, it's not a great situation to be going into the Big Ten championship game with, but it's kind of what we got to deal with. So let's just defense and special teams and ugly Michigan to death. I know. I mean, they have to game plan for two quarterbacks now because who's to say that they're not going to do the same thing. Nixon match, idea. Well, it is. Petrus is starting. Yeah, Petrus is starting, but Padilla started last game. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think that somebody is going to have one of those two will have to take a step forward in this off season if Iowa truly wants to take like a step forward for next year. So that is a decent transition to the Deuce Hogan news. Um, He announced he's in the transfer portal, which kind of really blows because I loved that kid as a recruit. That was pretty much a given, though. But what Kirk said, that even even jokingly, that is not something that I don't I think any coach should say, even in a joking manner. I, I hated that. Yeah, he's what did he say? He said... If we have to start Deuce, I'm, I'm, I might as well stay in Iowa City or something. Yeah. What does that say to a guy that's been with your program for two years now? He was one of your great recruits who helped you. I don't know. I just hope it doesn't turn into an Eno Benjamin situation now. I don't think it will. No. Like that's too far ago. Yeah. Also, Deuce is like he was positionally blocked. He saw Petrus starting now, so no matter, like Petrus is on the roster for another season. Padilla is only a sophomore, so he would have like and obviously was the number two going to get the starting reps after Petrus. He's going to be there for another three years. I don't think there's any quarterback in the country that wants to sit as you know a second or third stringer for four years in a program. And from what I've read, it sounds like he was maybe going to get passed up by Labis for the third string job anyway. So. I know. I loved him as a recruit. I thought that he was going to be good. But to me, it just sounds like the writing was on the wall for a while anyway, and he was never going to end up playing for Iowa. So whatever, yeah. What Kirk said wasn't the smartest thing. I'm not that upset about it. But, I, you know, he, he decided to leave, whatever. Hope he does good wherever he goes to. But I, it sounds like he wasn't going to be part of Iowa's quarterback plan moving forward anyway. So it's, I don't know. It sucks because we liked him as a recruit, but at the same point in time, I, I'm fine. with I'm already moved on from it. And one of I one of Petrus or Padilla is going to transfer, and I have a feeling it's going to be Padilla. I don't think that either of them will transfer. Really? Why would – there's going to be just like a straight-up quarterback competition. Like, this is a team that's going to the Big Ten championship game this year – and it's pretty obvious that after this season, there's going to be a competition to be the starting quarterback. And they both know that the team that they have coming back is only starting three or four seniors right now. So they bring back almost all of the talent that they have to a roster that is just brought in one of the best, you know, 
two years ago, so like now that they'll all be, you know, redshirt freshmen or sophomores next year, one of the best recruiting classes Kirk Ferentz has ever had with that talent infusing the roster onto a Big Ten championship team. I don't know why you would transfer out of that situation when you have just as good a chance as anybody to become the starter of that football team. All right. Well, I'm just think. Oh, I saw somebody tweet that today, and I'm like, well, it makes sense if we have Labis there, and then we have Carson May coming in next year too to be quarterback or be on the roster for a quarterback position. I don't know. That will that will play itself out. Um, other football notes. Riley Moss, defensive back of the year, although he missed, what, four or five games there? In yeah, the I don't think it was five. It was definitely not five. Probably I think three it might or four. Have been three. It was the end of the Penn State game, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, three or three or four. I think it was three. We didn't see him in Wisconsin. No, I think he came back after that. Purdue, Wisconsin, I don't think he played at Northwestern because Jamari Harris started that game. So it was three full games. But now Hankins is out, which freaking blows. Yeah. Hey, but let's give some praise to Moss here because he was a two-star recruit, and he deserves a little time, you know. I mean, Iowa fans certainly appreciate him now. And Yeah. I think that Iowa is making a pretty good case that if they're recruiting you to play defensive back, you should give them – a whole lot of thought because five of the ten defensive back of the year awards since the Big Ten has started giving it out have gone to Iowa players. DBU. Who are they? Micah Hyde, Desmond King, Josh Jackson, Monty Hooker. Hooker, and Riley Moss? Yep. Moss be playing Sundays. I don't think so, but I'm not going to touch what? that. Why? Just because he's a Caucasian? Yes. Mostly Yes. <laughs> and he, I mean, he, he's too small to switch to the safety position. We just let's just send him off on top. Maybe, um, hey, who knows? Maybe he comes back for another year. Um, he could do that. Who else won big? Linderbaum. Linderbaum. Oh, li- yeah, obviously Linderbaum. Charlie Jones. Who would you say? Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones, returner of the year. And those are three names that we all mentioned. Uh, weren't sure if they were coming back or not next year. And like I've said before, Iowa fans would certainly welcome them back with open arms. Um, Phil Parker was snubbed from the what's the def- or the coordinator? I don't know any of the names. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but he's not being recognized as one of the top coordinators in America. That's something considering they have the one of the best scoring defenses in the nation. Um, and then I think that well, we could talk about how Tory Taylor got absolutely hosed as not the best punter in America, or Caleb Shudak isn't a Lou Groza finalist. But no, no, no time to be bitter. We're playing for a championship this Saturday, so let's get excited about that instead. And now we look ahead to Indy, Iowa, Michigan this Saturday night. Eight, I think official time is eight seventeen kickoff time. Uh, so late. Yeah, the East Coast blows. People who like the East Coast. It'll be seven seventeen Central. Yeah, but for everybody that is not a loser and is going to be there, that's late. I'm sorry I'm poor, Joey. Okay? Loser. <laughs> yeah, um, so, <laughs> so yeah, Iowa-Michigan spreads what, ten and a half? Yeah, it seems fitting. It seems like a good spread. That seemed about right, but, uh. I'd still take Iowa ten and a half there. Oh yeah. That's. I mean, I'd take Iowa money line. So. Want to put some put put money on it right now? No, I'm gonna think about it. All right. Uh, but yeah, me, Joey, Steve Winter, John Schrader, friend of the podcast, and some of Steve's friends are coming along. Stin is not. Um. Mm. But what do we what do we think? Because I like. I know Michigan's a good running team, and they have a good defense. Realistically, I think we're going to lose. Sure, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and be a homer. That's I think they'll probably fine. lose because they have a legit running back. Anybody that watched against Ohio State knows that. Um, and we've struggled stopping the run. And also our offense can't score. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I, I, my one argument that people saying I was going to get killed is there's like a handful of times in Kirk Ferentz's 20 you years. Mike back, Luke. There's a handful of times in Kirk Ferentz's 20 years 
where you could look at them or look at it and say, yeah, they got absolutely killed. This year, Wisconsin, like, it just doesn't happen. That's why I don't think I was gonna get killed like the national media is intending they're going to. Well, I don't either. I think that's why I said I think ten and a half is pretty good spread, but it's. Yeah, I'm sure they'll keep it close. I mean, I don't know. It's I mean, they haven't given up over 30 points since when? Fucking no. 1970s. Yeah. I, I don't know. They don't, I think they don't get killed. We need to make it an Iowa game, not we we have to kind of dictate the tempo of the game. We need to ugly it up a little bit. A lot of defense, a lot of special teams. <clears throat> that's the recipe for success for Iowa, and that's how it's going to have to be for us again against Michigan. So, and I get it. It's not like, it's not necessarily fun to watch and it's not like appealing to the eyes, but that is Iowa's strategy for success. So if we are going to have a chance in this game, that's what we're going to have to do. So expect a lot of runs, expect time of possession, like pin them deep, play the field position game. That's what it's going to take to win. Iowa doesn't lose by a lot ever. They just make it feel like you do. <laughs> the games they lose are just so hard to watch yeah. that it feels like you're getting beat by 50 the whole time. This might be the quickest Big Ten championship game, though, in the history of the Big Ten championship game. Because both teams are going to want to run and play defense. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, Get the, get the party started sooner. The lower scoring it is, the better chance Iowa has at winning. And, uh, I mean... We win, we go to the Rose Bowl. For all you very, very unrealistically optimistic Iowa fans out there, there's no chance in hell they go to the college football playoff. Yeah, Gary Bard is the the chair. He can make anything happen. Yeah. You know what? That would be so fitting. If Iowa does win, he finds a way to get Weasel Iowa up there, and then everybody in America hates him along with the Iowa fans. Something tells me that he's not against that. (laughs) Yeah, he's not afraid to be hated. Uh, yeah, but what? Wait, what did you guys think after Iowa beat Nebraska the other night? How they were celebrating in the locker room with the Big Ten championship trophy and the Big Ten West champion shirts? Didn't like Hated. it. Despised it. Yeah, that, that was dumb. You can only do that if you know for sure you're the outright Big Ten West champion. That was a like yes, technically no matter what they were still Big Ten West co-champions. I don't care. I didn't like that move at all because like at that point they were essentially celebrating. Second Second place. place. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, it was second place at that point in time. So didn't like the move. Turns out it paid off for them because they ended up winning it. So it doesn't look that shitty in the end. But I didn't like the move at the time. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I – the only justification I have behind it is that they were thinking, oh, if by chance Wisconsin does lose tomorrow – we have an oppor- like this is our opportunity to celebrate that, but that is a bold strategy to have. No, I think they were just yeah, celebrating. They were doing it the anyway. Record. Yeah, they were like they would have tied for first place in the Big Ten West. They technically would have been co-West champions, but they just lost on the tiebreaker. Like they were doing it because, well, technically they weren't wrong. It certainly didn't feel right. Not at all. But hey. We're, we're here. We have the chance. All A lot of Iowa fans are going to be there. We're striping uh, Indy, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. Don't like that, yeah. Because hey. one of Michigan's colors is maize, so it's not going to look as cool as I think a lot of yeah. people. Like, if you went I, blackout, blackout would yeah. stand out. Should have just done blackout. Yeah. I don't have any... I don't have any gold either. Are you so, in the gold section? No, but either way, I'm just wearing my Josie Jewel jersey. <laughs> what section are we in, Joey? We got stu- student tickets, by the way. Don't won't know until we get them. Hmm. Um. All right. Any other football notes that I might have missed? Nope. I mean, not Iowa related, but what a week it's been for college football. Yeah, I'm so sick of hearing about Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly. I could not give a fuck less. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's something. And I, I, there was the rumor there. I don't know if somebody started as a joke or not about Brian Ferentz interviewing for head coaching positions at a different. I, I believe that was a joke. Do you know how many old ass dudes took that and ran with it? 
I had four guys at work this week, the four of the old guys I work with, come up to me and say, do you hear that Brian Ferentz interviewing for Akron? No. Some guy on Twitter with like 200 followers tweeted that, and literally everybody thought, like believed it. I don't know how that happened. That's because Iowa fans want it to happen. I went back after Greg Davis got fired <clears throat> in 2000, at the end of 2016-17 season, after we got murdered by Florida in the bowl game, and – I had written an article for studentunionsports.com, and it was about, like, a sentence I used in that was, Brian Ferentz brings hope that Iowa fans deserve. So naive. Well, it was was hope. It just, he did not deliver on that. Not even close. Four or five games in that stretch. Um, but yeah, I think... Maybe he'll pull another one out of his bag of tricks for the Big Ten Championship game. Out of his ass. Sure, that too. Yeah, just get us to the Rose Bowl. Iowa fans deserve that, at the very least. Rose Bowl when Christian McCaffrey is not playing. I was thinking about that. When the other team has, like, a surefire NFL star, we – I mean, there's a reason they're that good, but we get absolutely boat raced by them. Not the team, but specifically that player. David Johnson fucking ran all – or actually, he caught – he had a ton of receiving yards when we played him. Uh, Saquon just ran all over us. Chris McCaffrey. David Bell. David Bell. Ugh, gross. Yeah. So, but I think that wraps up football talk here. Hopefully next week on the podcast we have a pretty exciting uh, pod about the Hawkeyes being Big Ten champions, but that's to be determined. Um, but now we'll get to some basketball talk here. So the Hawkeyes are still undefeated, 7-0. and They beat a couple of scrubs along the way. We know that. Some Divine Word College and Warburg College teams. Um, but then they went to Virginia this past Monday night and kind of, I think, surprised the hell out of basically everybody, right? Uh, uh, they, you know, they didn't surprise the hell out of me because Virginia had a couple has a couple losses already. And also, we, I, they, our offense, yeah, our offense is great, and it, I didn't go into that game expecting to lose. I thought that it would be a close game, and it was. I wouldn't say that this surprised the hell out of me because I think that this team is a lot better than most people are giving them credit for or like preseason had given them credit for. Like in <laughs> during the broadcast of the Virginia game, the broadcasters were talking about how Iowa was picked to finish ninth in the Big Ten by the media or whatever, and they're like, Iowa's going to finish better than ninth in the Big Ten. And they're right, like Yes, there is going to be struggles and pain. Like, we might find that out real quick with our next two games being against Purdue and Illinois. But we're not a bad team, so I, I wouldn't say that I, it surprised the hell out of me. It was, I was nice. I was I was surprised when we found ourselves up 21 in the first half. That was a bit t- surprising. But, but I also wasn't surprised when I saw we blew the lead in the final <laughs> two minutes. Well, that's just college basketball, though. That shit happens. Like, the... Indiana Syracuse game last night. It's basically yeah, the same game, literally it's the same game as Iowa game. But I mean, Syracuse is up t- twenty, twenty or on Indiana, yeah. and it came down. They went to overtime, double overtime. Yeah. But so, so many characteristics of that Virginia game down the stretch had like the same feel of all of Fran McCaffrey's tenure, where it was like you get the ball back with the chance to win, and then Joe T dribbles the ball out up front, and then dribbles and puts up a tough, <laughs> tough shot and gets it to banks it in. I, yeah. The, hey, only, that, the, the only difference is Patrick McCaffrey had the biggest block of his life in this game. The block that may not have mattered. We don't know. Yeah, it was very close as to whether or not he would have got that shot off anyway. But guess what? It doesn't matter because Patrick made a great defensive play. That being said, our defense was god awful in the second half. I don't know why in the hell. Fran McCaffrey insists on playing zone defense when the only thing that we accomplish out of it is leaving three-point shooters without a guard within three feet of them. It's like – and we do it for like 10 to 12 minutes at a time. Like basically Virginia at one point was shooting seven of nine on threes in the second half. And part of that is, yeah, giving props for knocking down shots. 60% of those, there was not a defender within the same area code as the shooter. Our zone defense is horrible, 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 horrible. And we are, like, stubbornly stick to that for long stretches, and I don't get it. Especially, like, this year's team is absolutely athletic enough to play, like, passable, just man-to-man defense. Like, we don't have 
especially if Jabo isn't on the court, we don't have somebody that is just going to like get exposed on the defensive end that we need to play zone to kind of cover up for those deficiencies. And yet we still play zone and we're horrible at it. And I, so I don't know. Apparently Fran McCaffrey sees something that I don't. And he, there's a reason he's the head coach, of the Iowa Hawkeyes and I'm not, but I think most Iowa fans watching the game when we play zone defense are like, why are we playing zone defense? Yeah. Yeah. That's not nature's healing. That that shot was huge for Joe T's confidence too. I gotta imagine it was huge for. I think it was a huge like building block for the season for this team because let's eighty percent of the Iowa teams in the last five seasons would have one hundred percent lost that game after giving up that huge lead and then being down in the final seconds. Like that's a game that Iowa does not win in the past. The fact that we were able to do that on the road against a quality opponent this early in the season with an inexperienced team is going to be huge to have that uh, like experience moving forward in the season when we know that the Big Ten is such a difficult conference. It's also a game that Iowa, at least this year, doesn't win without Jordan Bohannon. Absolutely. That- he was making big shot after big shot. Every time that Virginia had a run going, especially in the first half, early in the second half it seemed, they'd get it within three. Jay Bull would make either a deep three or, or a two to get it back to five or six. And he did that probably three or four times, which ended up being huge. That's why he's on the team. And that's why when he said he was going to come back, I said I was excited for him to be back because we need that type of playmaking. And if I remember right, both of you guys were kind of – I was on the fence about it because I didn't know what his role was going to be at the time. But then they announced that he was a two. At the, in, at, in the role he's in presently, he's great. I knew that it was going to be a good thing for us right away because at the time I specifically remember saying he's – I was and the Big Ten's all-time leading three-point shooter, and I was all-time leading assister. Whatever your personal opinions of the guy are, that's a person that's valuable to a young and experienced team. Yeah, no, I was on the board with J-Bo coming back because I knew we didn't have many shooters coming back with Weezy and Luca and CJ leaving. So We still yeah. got some shooters, though. Yeah, turns out. Uh, Peyton Sanford, he's he didn't play really. Yeah, he only played for like a couple minutes, only took one shot, but he's going to make a whole bunch of threes in his career. Keegan Murray's three-point shot is kind of uh, – Chris has looked pretty decent. Joe T has looked confident shooting threes so far this season. So Tony Perkins, baby. Perk, Perk should have been playing more late in that game. On def- he, We need him on defense. Yeah, but for as good as we're feeling now, I have – I could not have less confidence that we're going to oh, go into Mackey oh, Arena. We are going to get the Purdue. shit beat out of us <clears throat> at Purdue. I think we're going to we're going to very very much struggle against teams with good bigs. We, yeah, but I can tell you how this game's going to play out. Purdue's going to lose like by 18 30. to 20 30 three pointers. And it, I, I we're see, gonna, the thing is nobody expects Iowa to win at Purdue this year. Like we expected to win at Purdue or at least play respectably good at Purdue last year. Like this year, it doesn't matter. We know that we're a young team. We know that we're going to have growing pains. We know that Purdue is, you know, now after Duke lost last night is going, you know, the number one team in the country. Like we are going to lose that game and I'm okay with that because it's still going to be good learning experience. It's just, how do we look playing in that game like? The the takeaways that we're going to have to get from that game are not going to be, did we win or lose, but did we execute X, Y, and Z things well enough to like build on that moving forward? Because Purdue, like, Mackey Arena is where Iowa basketball teams go to die anyway. So, like, this year when they're ranked number one, they got that goddamn 7'4 guy. I'm convinced that Purdue just grows these enormous white men in a laboratory somewhere because they always have the biggest white guy in America playing center for them. Like, it's probably not going to be pretty, but it, it I don't know. It's going to be what it's going to be. I have low expectations for it, so if we play respectably well, I'll be happily surprised. Uh, yeah, and then we have Illinois after that, which Illinois is kind of a toss-up at this point because they haven't looked very good. And then uh, Iowa State, which is undefeated as well with two ranked wins and a tournament win already this year. Those are all three in a row? Yeah. Win two. I'd be pretty con- – we beat Virginia. I'd be content with just, like, beating – Iowa we'd State or one, Illinois. If, if we beat one of those three teams and go two and two in the stretch of Virginia, Purdue, Illinois, Iowa State, 
That'd be pretty good. That I would show to. a lot, too, because a lot of people were mocking Iowa playing these terrible schools early in the year. And if we've shown we can hang right now, and that's certainly a good thing. Also, I don't really care, like, about those early seasons, especially with this year's team. They just needed, like, teams against crap teams to figure it out together because they were so young and inexperienced. But they play a 20-game Big Ten schedule, and the Big Ten over the last couple seasons has been clearly the best conference in college basketball. So it's not... Like, we didn't need early season games against quality opponents in order to build a resume. We'll have those opportunities throughout the year. So it makes sense to schedule the bad teams early to kind of figure out who you are as a team before you have to play the Illinois and the Purdue's and the Iowa States of the world. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, j haters can suck it because that's why he's back. That's why he's here. And uh, the team's rounding into shape, which we like to see because – I thought at the beginning of the year we were going to be a bubble team. Now I think we'd slide all right into the 7 to 10 range somewhere. But we have a lot of season left. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, especially because after after seeing Keegan go down the other night, if he goes down, the season's over. I was fully prepared to give him my entire ankle if need be. Yeah. But, yeah, still a solid time to be a Hawk. Uh, the women's basketball team has been off for two weeks. They just practiced today for the first time because of a COVID outbreak in the team. So they haven't been in action. Um, they played Duke on Thursday. Yeah, Duke tomorrow. That's on uh, ESPN, I believe. I think I saw that ad during the Iowa game on Monday night. Um, but I think that's it for the Hawkeye Sports Talk right now, right? Um. Did we say fuck Nebraska? Yeah, I think you did. I'd have let off the show with that oh, one. You okay. did. You absolutely opened the show. But we're going to hit an ad from our sponsor, Rolling Hills Heritage Pork out of Farley, Iowa. Wes Henderson. What's that mean? His phone number is 319-461-5520. I actually saw a Snapchat for, and a Facebook post from Wes the other day saying, if you want a hog for next year, hit him up. He's the man you want. Pork chops, bacon, uh, pork brats, ham steaks. Whatever you want, he is your guy. He's fueled us throughout this football season, so you're going to want to check him out. Juicy, voluptuous. What what other adjectives? Sexual? Uh, depends on how you eat it. <laughs> remember, remember, bring the brat to your mouth, not mouth to brat. <laughs> don't grab the back of your neck while you're bringing it. <laughs> um, so, all right, that's Rolling Hills Heritage Pork. Wes Henderson, Farley, 319-461-5520. All right. And now I think we're going to do a draft of – Joey, explain it. I'll explain it. So it's things that if you, you would not accept even if they were offered to you for free. All right. Yeah? And okay. I, be- I believe last time I went last. Okay, you I was first. first. I don't yeah, think the order matters. Austin, you can go second. I'll go last. Yeah, there's a I'd, lot I'd of. I'd stuff. be shocked if there was a lot of overlap. Yeah, we're, we're, just, we're just doing three, right? Three? Yeah, I can do three. Okay. Um. So I'm starting. Yes. Yes. I'm gonna go with Miller Light. Okay, I respect. I respect the grudge. I'm actually becoming more of a Miller Light fan myself. Yeah, you've said that too often, Joey. Yeah, that's disgusting. I've been offered two free Miller Lights in my life, and just to be polite, I've taken them. I took one drink and then I put it on the so ground. So are you? So you're lying to us then, Luke? <laughs> no, 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 no. I took it. I didn't drink it. Well, you still took it though. To Sounds like polite, alcohol abuse. To be to be polite, the only time I've had Miller Lite in my life where I was like, "This is all right," was after I it was all you could drink vodka at two bars, and then I'm like, "Oh, I just need to switch it up." That's oh, you need, it sounds like you probably needed to just go to bed. <laughs> it was spring break. No bedtime on spring break. Facts. I right. guess. Actually, bedtime was about 5 p.m. for me my first night in Padre. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's up? a whole cool story. Uh, I'm going to go. Okay. Uh, so with my first one, I'm going to go with Child Care from Casey Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, that seems like one that you're probably going to want to avoid if she's offering it to you. I'm 100% there. <laughs> Joey? Okay, I'm going to go with 
a Chicago Bears jersey. Ooh, good one. <laughs> Solid. I absolutely despise the Chicago Bears and their fan base, and I think their colors are ugly. I don't I don't respect their franchise, and so I would never wear their jersey, even if it was free, and even if it was like a vintage one. If it was like a Walter Payton, I still wouldn't wear it. Joey, would we like to bring up our opinion on uh, their fans here about how we think they've become worse than Green Bay Packer fans? Oh, absolutely. They're absolutely – because at least Green Bay is good. <laughs> and uh, so their fans actually they have a good they have a good quarterback. The fans have something there's some truth to it. Now the Bears, Kevin White was in the Hall of Fame before he ever played a game. Did you know that? He was the first player ever elected <laughs> to the Hall of Fame before taking the field. Wow. How did that one go? He's pretty pretty awesome still, isn't he? Didn't He's think on so. The Texans now, I think. So Okay, so mine is mine is a Bears jersey. Alright. Uh, along similar lines. Oh boy. I'm gonna go with White Sox tickets, and also I think this one is actually true. Like some you might might say, oh, so you you get offered White Sox tickets, you're not gonna go. Actually, this summer for my birthday, the Twins were playing at the White Sox, and we could have gotten tickets for like four dollars, but we decided to go to St. Louis instead because <laughs> yeah, we did because I did not want to go sit through a baseball game at that shithole of a stadium. So I thought about putting that one down, but uh. I did go earlier this year with a couple of my buddies from who are from Chicago who are White Sox fans, and I was wearing my Twins jersey. It was White Sox versus the uh, Athletics or Rangers or something, and as I was walking out of the stadium, people were talking so much shit to me, just genuine assholes up there. Yeah, that, that place blows. Stinser. Yeah, okay. Uh, this one's kind of a throwback idea, but I'm sure you guys will agree with me here. That goddamn U2 album that Apple put on everybody's fucking phone. I thought about that on the way home from work. <laughs> what was worse about that was that you couldn't even un- uninstall it from your yeah, phone. Yeah, I know. It, what? It's not there anymore. But yeah, because they realized that everybody fucking hates U2. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> Does U2 has you, have they ever had a good song? I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, that had to have been one hell of a deal for them. Yeah. Yeah, just disgusting that that was ever a thing. Um, my second pick, I'm gonna go with Iowa State tuition. You cannot okay. pay for me to go to Iowa State ever. Yeah, I could, I could not fathom going to school there. No, that's ma- fair. Yeah, if it was free, yeah, that's that's an absolutely good pick. And okay. honestly, to be honest, it's nothing against even the university, just the town. Yeah, I hate Ames. Well, also and the university. Well, but... I mean, in terms of degree, you could get a good, I get a good degree from there. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, the, I, the thought of going to school there makes my skin crawl and my stomach upset. That's yeah. a very good pick. Yeah, if they had offered me a full ride, I absolutely would not have gone there. Um, and then my last pick, Kind of along Joey's lines with the White Sox. I'm going with the Green Bay Packer tickets. Like, unless the Vikings are playing, I'm not going. I was just say you've been there, haven't you? Yeah, see, you've contradicted yourself multiple times in this, Luke. The Vikings played that game. I'm saying, like, just to a regular game, somebody's like, here's a ticket, you know, come up with us this weekend. It's Vikings and Packers and Bears. I'm not going to go to it. I would not either. I'm not going to Lambeau Field ever. Mark my (laughs) words. So, those are my three. All right. Uh, with my last one, I'm just going to keep it simple here. Uh, drugs, because I'm a good Christian boy and they're illegal. Whatever, man. <laughs> Loser. Loser. <laughs> uh, all of us in this podcast graduated from a D.A.R.E. program, guys. Okay? <laughs> Everybody in America's graduated from a D.A.R.E. program. Yeah, you know, you know what Nancy Reagan said? Just say no, okay? Facts. Who was our D.A.R.E. officer? Sergeant, Sergeant Cruz. Cruz. Oh, that put, dude was a Put G. some respect on that name. Yeah, he was the GOAT. I even remember they used to make, like, baseball cards for the sheriffs in Dubuque County. Yeah, this is... I had his. <laughs> uh, okay, Joey, last pick. My last pick is any movie with Meryl Streep. Oh, great pick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I cannot stand her. There's a, there's a lot of actresses that I'd have ahead of her on hatred list. Uh-uh. Oh, no. She's like, always nominated Catherine for Heigl? awards. She sucks. Catherine Heigl is at least, like, decent looking. Meryl Streep. Catherine Street, Heigl? The chick from Grey's Anatomy, the blonde one. Oh, okay, yeah. She pisses me off. 
More she's... famous from The Ringer. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she sucks. Hi, Len. It's Len. Uh, good pick. Hi, Len. Uh, uh, all right. Do we have honorable mentions? I got a couple. Um, I have one. My one for oh, you can go. I'll go. Um, gun safety from Plaxico Burris. <laughs> good call. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. This is NFL player related. I'm not going to say it's along the same lines, but. Uh, relationship counseling from Ray Rice. Mm-hmm. Hey, aren't him and his or, wife still together? Yeah, or anger management from Ray Rice. <laughs> that too. Or a long list of other people from the NFL. <laughs> yeah. 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 Why is it NFL players are just scum like that sometimes? Ooh, just thought of meatheads. Another, yeah. Just thought of another one, but you can give your honorable mention before you give it, Luke. Okay, I have two. Uh. A Jameson shot. I'll take shots of anything. I hate Jameson. Jameson is horrible, but I'm not turning on a shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a pink CD. Ooh, good one. Yeah, I hate pink. I'm not crazy about pink. She does have that one song with Nate Roos, though. Just, just give me a reason. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just good. a second. Good song. Yeah. But that's mostly Nate. Iowa City native, by the way. Really? Yep. Hmm. Okay, uh... The other honorable mention that I just thought of is any drink from Bill Cosby. Wait, didn't he get let go? What? He's out of prison now, isn't he? It was on a technicality, not because... He he walked? Yeah. Okay, so basically... I don't know, I don't need to go over it on the podcast, but yes, it's because the prosecutors, like, got... Like, testimony from him. (laughs) The prosecutors got testimony from him that they said... They would not use in the trial, and then they used it in the trial, so he got out on like that technical ground. Oh, his prosecution seems about as good as Kyle Rittenhouse's. Yeah, so or the, the prosecution against him. Yeah, so that's why he got. Out. That's why he's walking free, not because he's not a scumbag, but because of a technicality. Alrighty. Uh, do we have anything else we want to touch on? Fuck Nebraska. I think we've covered that. Cannot All be right. overstated this week, especially. Hey. Let's let's have some fun this weekend, huh? I mean, oh this God, is... it's gonna be epic, man! Yeah. I feel so so bad for anybody not going to Indy. <laughs> Once again, Joey, it's because I don't have enough money. You don't have to rub it in, you asshole. You, you donated plasma this week. <laughs> Once, <laughs> do it tomorrow. <laughs> But yeah, let's have some fun. I mean, we've only been here once, all the, one other time, so and it didn't turn out the way we wanted. This weekend very well might turn out that way as well. But let's have a lot of beer, and uh, you know, maybe maybe we run into a win and find ourselves in the Rose Bowl come January first. Or the college football playoff. That's not happening. Not happening. Thanks for listening, everybody, to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. You can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Twitter and Instagram handles are HTR underscore pod. You can follow all three of us on Twitter. Mine is Myers underscore Luke. Joey's is JoeMama2196. And Austin's is MyersAustin. Thanks for listening, everybody. And as always, go Hawks. You get on Fortnite?